face, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi. I want to thank Rob for doing that uh, Sean Connery impression slash uh, Star Trek intro there for the beginning of today's podcast. And today is April 17th, 2011. This is going to be podcast number 327. Today we're going to have a little fun and look at uh, what some people would call, and I guess I sort of call it, uh, cheesy sci-fi. Those sci-fi shows and, and maybe a little bit on movies that are, are just a little bit, uh, well, a little cheesy, you know, in terms of, you know, they try to maybe be serious, but, but you just watch them and they're just kind of funny. Uh, maybe intentionally or unintentionally. I'm talking about shows like the the early 80s uh, Buck Rogers TV show, especially. That's a good example of it. Maybe the original Galactica to a degree. Uh, just, uh, you know, fun things that, uh, that we enjoy. A lot of, you know, you look back on sci-fi shows from 20, 30 years ago, and these days they just look a little funny, even though at the time they were, you know, really the best around and, and tried to take themselves pretty seriously. There were some that were intentionally comedic, uh, things like Quark and that, which we'll talk about also. But uh, anyway, I thought that would be a fun topic. We It's something we've talked about on the forums over at treksandsci-fi.com off and on o over the years. And some of this stuff I've covered slightly before in different ways, but I think we're going to have a good time with it and to... Uh, to start us out with that, I'm going to play uh, some of the song uh, that was used in the Buck Rogers movie. Uh, some people may not know it, but the, the early 80s Buck Rogers TV show with Aaron Gray and Gil, Gil Gerard, uh, they that was originally the, the pilot or the first episode was turned into a full-length movie that was released uh, prior to the series coming out. And there's a song that is kind of fun at the beginning of it. It's a little a little cheesy, but it's a very 80s-ish kind of song or late 70s, 80s song. And it sort of has a little bit of a, a James Bond or the old James Bond songs to me feel to it to a degree, especially the opening credits with Buck uh, sort of in suspended animation and all these girls kind of uh, on uh, kind of laying around him. Anyway, sit back, relax, and uh, let's get going with the podcast. For 500 years, Buck Rogers drifted through a world in which reality and fantasy merged into a timeless dream. Long before this time 
Things that I've seen Is it my life Or just something I Well, hello, and uh, I welcome again back to the show. I hope you enjoyed that uh, little tune there, Blast from the Past, for us uh, slightly older fans. Uh, I actually saw that movie in the theaters uh, when it was out, and uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, But anyway, we'll be getting to that later in the show, talking about Buck. Buck Rogers. I can't do the tweaky thing today. Maybe I can. Remember Tweaky, the little robot, Buck's kind of sidekick, Buck's R2-D2? Anyway, uh, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, uh, as I do sometimes on the show. How's everyone doing? Hope everyone's well. Uh, the week, uh, as they always seem to lately, flow, flew, flow, flew by? Yeah, flew by. And it's uh, everything's pretty good. Uh, my younger son's home for this weekend. It was his birthday earlier this past week. And uh, he's uh, he's no longer a teenager. Oh my gosh, that's uh, hard to believe that one. But uh, but anyway, uh, let's see what's uh, what's been going on. Uh, catch you up on uh, things. Uh, not too much. Uh, spend it a little. Uh, spend spend it a little. Spent a little time yesterday trying to organize my comic book collection. Uh, it's gotten a little out of hand in the last year or two. I've just got a lot of stuff I need to bag up, and I've been looking for. Uh, at some point in time, I'm probably going to end up with an iPad, and I've been looking for some type of a, an app to uh, to sort of categorize and catalog all of my comics and maybe even some of my, my uh, collectibles. And I, I put a uh, email or an email, not a post, sorry, on the forums about this. And there's a couple of suggestions. It looks like there's one called Comic Collector. I think it's called Comic Collector Live. Uh, what I was really looking for was something that had the ability to scan barcodes and do that. Uh, I'm not sure if the new iPad 2 with the cameras and all that can scan barcodes or not. Maybe somebody with one of those could let me know. But uh, but anyway, I, rather than entering things manually, uh, I, I have probably 30 boxes, long boxes at least, or more of comics for probably 30 years or so worth of collecting them. And it's... Uh, you know, a lot to categorize. They're they're mostly in pretty good. Um, they're pretty sorted right now. I, I'm pretty good about that. You know, there's a box of Batman and there's a box of Spider-Man and that kind of thing and X-Men and and all that. And I'm always I've always been more of a Marvel guy, so I have a lot more of that. Uh, not going to talk a lot about comics, but I just thought I would mention that's something that I'm working on here in the uh, Rico Cave uh, since I've been back home. Uh, also, uh, some new TV was on this past week, and he's trying to ca- stay caught up on that. Uh, Smallville was back, which is great. They were, they were running a preview for the season finale, which is going to be a two-hour finale around mid-May. I think around May 13th or so, 13th, 14th, whatever the Friday. That'll be a Friday, uh, a two-hour finale. I think it's the 13th. Anyway, the uh, 
it's looking pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm liking what they're doing with this season and everything and heading towards that. Fringe is back. Actually, I haven't had a chance to watch Fringe on my TiVo yet uh, from Friday night. Uh, we've also, what else was uh, on TV this week? I'm enjoying that new show, Breaking In, uh, which is uh, with Christian Slater. Not really a Trek thing, although there's, there's a lot of uh, geek references on the show. So maybe give that a shot if you want. It's on uh Wednesday nights, I believe, on what channel is that one on? Fox, maybe? I think Fox. So, uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, check your local listings, as they say. We also have some big uh, shows uh, or a big show premiering tonight on HBO uh, the um, Game of Thrones, which is looking pretty spectacular. Quite a production. Looks like they spent lots of money on this. There's a lot of people I know on the forum that are excited for it. I'm excited for it. It looks pretty good. I have an also, there's another fantasy-type uh, series on Camelot uh, that's on Stars, I think, that I haven't had a chance to see yet either. But uh, I'm going to try to get caught up on these things over the next, uh, whatever, week, month, year. <laughs> Who knows? I haven't seen any movies lately. I didn't see anything except uh, that Three Stooges Festival last weekend. Uh, haven't gone out. Uh, I do want to see Scream 4. That looks good. I enjoy those movies. I'm not a huge horror fan, but that looks fun. Uh, what else? No Ordinary Families finished up. I'm trying to think of other genre-type stuff. There was no Big Bang Theory on this past week. Um, so um, so anyway, that's... Oh, Chuck was on. Chuck was on Monday night. That's pretty good. I don't know. There's a little bit... Uh, I'm feeling not as much love for some of the current storyline on Chuck than than I have in the past. Uh, it's, it's well, it's not bad. It's just I'm not finding it as fun as maybe it used to be to a degree. Uh, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, things will pick up. And, you know, that's just my opinion, as they say. So, um, and I think I'm just going to take a short break here. I need to get a little drink, and I'm going to come back. I've got a few uh, Star Trek-related stories to pass on, like I try to do each week. And then we'll get into cheesy sci-fi. I'm Jen Geppinger. I'm Kevin Batchelder. And I'm Kurt Geppinger. And we are the SeekerCast, a podcast for fans of the TV series Legend of the Seeker. We are a community-based podcast that works to keep you up to date on some of the best news, forum discussions, and interviews in the Seeker fandom. We also do a recap and in-depth discussion of each episode. I thought it was very rich, the story. I, I was afraid it was going to be a little trite, but this really played out to be a very powerful episode in my mind. The whole episode did kind of stay one step ahead. I, I felt like I kept having to catch up and try and figure out what was going on, which I like that. that it's not predictable, so that, that made me very happy the way it was done. And also, you know, correcting the mistake they made on the Sisters of the Light in Season 1. <laughs> <sighs> that was the only thing of Season 1 that I cannot forget. It's okay, though, because we're staying focused on the series, right, Kurt? So tune in to The SeekerCast at theseekercast.com or subscribe through iTunes. Anyone else want to question my orders? All right. Um, there's a real interesting story going on around on the Internet a little bit, uh, especially over at TrekMovie.com. This is uh, a story about uh, a proposed uh, TV series that Brian Singer, of course, who uh, is a director. He directed uh, X-Men movies, the first two, I think. Also, the Superman uh, reboot from 2006. And I, I like Brian Singer. I think he has a good, uh, he, he's got a good hand on the pulse of what geeky fans enjoy and like. Anyway, he pitched back in, I think this was around 2000, 
late 2005, early 2006, a, uh, a, a restart or a new Star Trek TV series called Star Trek Federation. And there's uh, this is real interesting to read about, and I'm going to pass on a little bit here on the podcast to go over to trekmovie.com uh, to find out more about this. Basically, what he had proposed it was uh, it wasn't uh, it was over. I guess uh, you know uh, there was a document floating around, and there was a dinner. Uh, anyway, let me just uh, outline what Singer had. Uh, uh, proposed to do for a new sort of reboot of the Star Trek universe. This um, this is what was uh, proposed in the universe. Let me give you some of this. I'm just going to kind of read this off the site. The way the team proposed shaking up the universe was to move the action to the year 3000. So, you know, six, 700 years past our time of, of what we know of Trek to a very different uh, United Federation of Planets. In Federation, the UFP is still, uh, you know, out there searching and uh, it's a group of alien races and sort of in a golden age of peace but all is not well utopia as a goal is like the fire in a nuclear engine utopia in practice is stagnation it's dry rot eventually it's death which is precisely where we find the united federation of planets a few centuries after the last age of discovery and then they break down what's going on with the different races at this point in time about six centuries after uh, picard and tng for example, humans have become fat and happy, but this has led to complacency where humans are giving up they're giving up on exploration for incremental colonization and focusing more on the rightness of their own cultural view over all other things or over all others. Many younger members of the UFP have left saying uh, they're not happy with this human-centric uh, federation. Vulcans have been disengaging from the Federation, have reunified with the Romulans, spending most of the last three centuries focused on creating a new joint society overseen by two different religious clerics who rule according to logic and what is best for the unified peoples, combining Romulan Machiavellian politics with Vulcan logic. Sounds like a pretty big uh, or a strong force to deal with there. Bajorans have withdrawn from the Federation to become insular and in order to focus on the religion and communing with the prophets. Bajor is now like a planet-sized Tibet, handing overall temporal concerns to the Ferengi. Uh, the Klingons have undergone a massive reformation, moving away from their Viking-like brawling to become a civilization of warrior mystics akin to the Tang Dynasty, now flying sleek and serene ships while they maintain diplomacy with Federation, they've re returned to expanding the empire via conquest. Uh, Cardassians have transformed into a society of artists and philosophers. Uh, the Ferengi are no longer a joke, but have become quite powerful. Equality for females has taken over. Da, 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 da. And Starfleet. Starfleet has been re reduced to a mere peacekeeping force, protecting fringe worlds from aliens and from fighting each other where starships are old and spread out too thin. So, it, you know what this kind of reminds me of? And this is kind of the first time I've really looked at this. I, I, I scanned it over before the podcast. But it sounds a lot like, uh, you know, what does it sound like? It sounds like a lot like the Galactic Republic before, you know, the, the fall of the Jedi and things like that, where everything is just almost too peaceful and too good. And what happens at this and what they were going to bring in was entering into this troubled federation is a new powerful and ruthless enemy called the Scourge. And uh, they, uh, the first contact they have is with a federation ship, the USS Sojourner, at what becomes a key pivotal point. The ship, along with two colonies, are lost, and the sole survivor will become a key player in the future of the federation. 
Uh, let's see. And then they go on to talk about that incident. And actually, there's a descendant of James Kirk, uh, a lieutenant commander, Alexander Kirk, that's the only survivor of this, uh, this um, big massacre that happens with this um, people or this uh, new alien threat. So anyway, go check this out. Uh, it, it's pretty cool stuff. I, you know, I, I personally feel like it would be interesting to to w when and if, or I'm going to say when, because I, I think there's no doubt that a new Star Trek series will come on the air at some point in time. I, I predict actually a couple of years after the following or the next movie, so we're probably still three, four years at least away. Uh, but I think if the next movie comes out in 2012, next summer, or a year from this summer, then and that does well. I give them about two years, probably from that point, to to pull up a series. Now, I think uh, here here's Rico's predictions for that. I think there's two possible ways they could go. Really, I and, and well, for for me, there's two logical uh, being my Vulcan use my Vulcan side uh, uh, ways for them to go. One first first possibility would be since they're rebooting the original Trek in that time in that era in the films it would be very easy for them to do a tv series based in that time frame i don't think they'd use kirk spock and the rest but to you know use a different starship uh but set things in that era they could even use perhaps some of the sets and things like that the uniforms whatever it would make it a less costly venture and they would have the built-in appeal of that look uh, different characters of course i do not see that they would you know there's no way that they would ever use um the actors and the characters from the movies that they're doing now with the reboot of Kirk and the rest in a TV series. I don't think that would ever happen. The The other way they could go is, to me, something like this Federation idea where they would shoot it way into the future. So it wouldn't conflict with anything uh, Trek-related, whether we're talking about the alternate universe, J.J. Abrams-verse, or you know where we ended up with at the end of Voyager in that time era, or just shooting it a little uh, past that. I don't think that's a good idea. I think if they want to, let's do it someplace in the far future. And I'm going to relate a, an interesting thing. I, I've been reading for a while now this uh, Star uh, Wars, Star Wars Legacy comic book, which is set way in the future. Way you've got a descendant of Luke Skywalker. Uh, Cade Skywalker is the main character, and he's not a real nice guy. And there's a lot of things that are different about, you know, the the the, gla the galaxy at that point in time. Jedi are still around, Sith are still around, a lot of things. But the things have changed a lot, but there are familiar elements too. And I think that, you know, one of the advantages of shooting a new Trek series way into the future is they don't really have to worry too much about continuity to the past. They could say, well, that changed, you know, uh, you know, they could, you know, Vulcans could be emotional now or whatever, or some of them might be some of them not. And no one, none of the fans could say, Hey, that's wrong. That's not what happened or that's not the way things are supposed to be. So they could change things greatly. It would almost be a, a familiar, but different Trek. And it would allow them a lot of freedom to do kind of whatever they want. So I, I'm really a, a big proponent and a big fan of that idea of, of shooting something five, 600 or more years in the future for a new Trek series. So, uh, you know, in three or four years, you guys can dust off this podcast, pull it out and, uh, see if I was right or not. Of course they could go something completely different. I don't know, but I just think uh, and hope that we will get a new Trek series at some point. And, and there's some of my thoughts, uh, on it. Uh, a couple other stories. Uh, one, uh, that just, I just saw today, the guys that do the fan film series Phase 2 
have got a whole new uh, hour-long episode up called Enemy Starfleet. I haven't uh, had a chance to watch that yet. I watched the first few minutes of it. The uh, They just got it up online, and I saw the story this morning when I got up. So podcast first, then I'll watch that later on today. But these guys... Uh, the Star Trek Phase Two guys do a great job. Uh, there are, are, I'll try to put a link in the podcast notes. You can also see this story and links to it. We'll just go over to Star Trek New Voyages, which was their old name, or uh, just go to trekmovie.com. The story is also there. And the last Trek-related thing I think I wanted to pass on. There's, there's quite a bit. Uh, Cryptic has some Star Trek online content for sale again in their store. They have a little bit of a discount going right now. Uh, what else we've got? Uh, lots of other things. But the other one that I wanted to pass on is Brent Spiner, our friend Data from TNG, has started a new web series called Fresh Hell, which is, it looks like a kind of, he plays himself, but sort of a caricature of himself a little bit, where he's this sort of, you know, actor that had a hit series, and now maybe things aren't going as easy anymore. And it, anyway, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, just search for Brent Spiner Fresh Hell, and it should pop up. I've also, I think, uh, linked with the first episode in my little favorite videos. Uh, you'll see that on the main page over at treksinsci-fi.com. So lots of cool stuff. And Oh, one last thing. There is a new, there's a poll up for uh, whether the next Star Trek movie should be in 3D or not over at trekmovie.com. <laughs> and uh, it looks like most fans really, really hate and don't want it to be in 3D. It's, it's strongly, if you, if you vote on the poll... Uh, and and you then after you vote, you'll see the results or the current standings. It, it's like uh, a huge, overwhelming uh, no to 3D for the Star Trek film. And, uh, well, that's my vote, too. So <laughs> I'm going to take a break, and we'll come back and get into cheesy sci-fi shows. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the host of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Jenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of the guild. We keep you up to date on general guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com. Clark, signing on. To augment my official sanitation patrol reports, I have decided to keep a diary of my adventures. Assuming, of course, that I have any adventures. First, my name is Adam Quark, commander of this ship. Oh, sorry, old fella. Almost forgot. Ready for your dinner, old pal? Okay, come on. Come and get it. Come on. Yeah, that's a little uh, bit of audio there from a TV series called Quark. I've, I know I mentioned this. I think when I did sci-fi comedy, uh, some of the stuff that you're going to hear on today's podcast I know I've talked about before, but it's always fun. This series uh, was out. Uh, it aired on NBC in 1977 of May, uh, just before the original Star Wars came out, actually. So it was very timely. 
uh, and it, it ran through, with only eight episodes, and it ran through uh, early 1978. It was uh, created by Buck Henry, who was a, a famous comedy writer and actor, and uh, starred Richard Benjamin, you heard in that opening uh, clip there. Uh, it had a lot of uh, fun moments. It was a big, big uh, fun show for us Trek fans of the era back then. Uh, it really spoofed a lot of things like that. It reminds me a lot uh, of the um, you know other spoofs they've done over the years, you know, like the Tim Allen movie, uh, yeah, the um, Galaxy Quest film. And, you know, it spoofs a, a lot of things that uh, we've seen over the years. So it's it, it's pretty intentionally cheesy and funny. And uh, it's also now out on a regular DVD, which is nice. It, for a long time, it wasn't. And, uh, you know, I had even old, I think I had audio recordings of some of those episodes stashed away somewhere on cassette tapes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was... Basically, Quark uh, and his ship, they were like a, a uh, they went around the galaxy picking up garbage, which I thought was kind of a fun idea. You know, all the trash they always talk about out in space, you know, that they would uh, be, uh, they would be the guys that would pick it up. They wouldn't be out there like, you know, the Enterprise, you know, solving problems and, and fighting enemies off and, and, and exploring new frontiers. They would be the ones kind of following along the Enterprise, following after them and picking up all the trash. And they had uh, a, a good cast, and, and the characters, they had a guy that was sort of like uh, a little bit like uh, Spock. He was Ficus, uh, it was his name, and he was kind of a, a very logical, uh, scientific type of character. They also had Gene Gene, played by uh, Tim Thomerson, who was great, uh, great guy, great actor, and a lot of fun in movies like the Trancers series. Uh, which, which Trancers, by the way, I'm not going to talk too much about that, but Trancers is another good example in films of some cheesy and kind of schlocky sci-fi to, to check out. The first couple of those are pretty good. But anyway, Gene Gene, he played this, uh, sometimes he'd be acting sort of like all manly and tough, and other times he uh, would be acting sort of feminine. He had uh, The idea was he had a complete set of male and female chromosomes, and so that was kind of fun, and, and he had sort of split personality because of it. Uh, and, and then there was all the different types of other characters. Uh, again, Richard Benjamin was the leader, Adam Quark, uh, Conrad Janus, who was in a lot of older 70s and 80s TV shows, uh, was played by an actor named, uh, or sorry, um, uh, Conrad Janus is the actor's name. He played uh, Otto Palindrome, who was sort of like in charge of Perma-1, the space station, and gave uh, Quark his different orders over the times and, and year, or, you know, over the years, even though the show was only on for eight, uh, eight years. I wanted to mention here, uh, getting a little bit away from Quark, but one series that uh, that I found a little schlocky and a little cheesy, and I, I, I'm going to maybe uh, create some ire with our UK brethren and the UK folks on the, uh, that listen to the podcast and my friends on the forum, but I always thought the older Doctor Who was a little schlocky and a little cheesy. I used to try to watch it. You know, we would get reruns and syndication and stuff over here in the 70s and 80s, and I would try because, you know, back in those days, there was so little television that was sci-fi. You know, now every night there's some sci-fi or fantasy-type TV show on or or a rerun or whatever, but back in those days, it, w it was pretty limited, so I would try to watch the, uh, the older Doctor Who, but I, I just I, I couldn't watch it. I just had a hard time both with not just the sets and, and the costuming and that, but some of the stories and things, and I know you guys may be... Uh, 
maybe, uh, you know, it's something that you grew up with and you have a different attitude about it. And it, I'm not saying that it, that it was bad or, or you know, it's or anything like that. I, I just mean it. I found it a little bit maybe unintentionally humorous at times. Maybe it was intentional. I don't know. But that's just my opinion again. Uh, although I, I, I completely love, just love the the sort of restarted or rebooted, whatever you want to call it, uh, Doctor Who that began uh, about, say, five, six years ago. We're going to be just, uh, we're just about ready to get a new season of that, uh, which, which you know, Matt Smith, I think, did a great job his first season as, as the new Doctor. And next weekend, I believe, is when the, yeah, I think it's over Easter weekend, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. I don't know. Again, check your local listings. Uh, I know that the U.S. is going to get that uh, pretty much as it airs uh, instead of uh, any kind of a delay. It'll be on BBC America if you get that network on your cable or satellite or whatever. Uh, so that's going to be cool. But, uh, yeah, the, the older, older Doctor Who stuff I, I just found a little bit, um, a little cheesy, I have to say. So and maybe you guys feel the same. I don't know. Didn't get a lot of comments this week for the show to play. I've got a couple, but I'll save those for a little bit here. Uh, and the next show I want to talk about is what I opened today's podcast with, Buck Rogers. I can't, I can't do buck. I can't do the beeping or the the, the tweaky noise and and say buck at the same time. But anyway, here's uh, a little bit of Buck Rogers in the 25th century. In the year 1987, NASA launched the last of America's deep space probes aboard this compact starship. A lone astronaut, Captain William Buck Rogers, was to experience cosmic forces beyond all comprehension. In a freak mishap, his life support systems were frozen by temperatures beyond imagination. Ranger 3 was blown out of its planned trajectory into an orbit 1,000 times more vast. An orbit which was to return Buck Rogers to Earth 500 years later. Yeah, there is the opening uh, theme. That's actually, I think, the version for season two of Buck Rogers. It had two seasons. It was on NBC. It uh, aired from uh, late uh, in September of uh, 1979 to uh, April of 1981. Uh, did 37 episodes over two seasons. Starred Gil Gerard as uh, Captain Buck Rogers, Aaron Gray as Wilma Deering, uh, Tim O'Connor was on the show, William Conrad, Wilford Hyde what Ru- Ru- Wilfred Hyde White, I'm sorry, Tom Christopher, uh, Mel Blanc as Tweaky's voice there, or actually not there, but you'll hear uh, here soon. I'm going to play a little of that. We had Pamela Hensley, who was the lovely Princess Ardala. Uh, Just a a lot of uh, fun this show was. And, you know, I I love this show. I'll admit it. I, I, you know, and I still kind of have a big fondness for it. Uh, I watched it every week when it was on and airing regularly along with the original Galactica and everything. Uh, It's, you know, the the idea of a guy from our time, you know, thrown 500 years into the future through this accident in space and he's frozen 
and then he you know the 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 people in the future especially this comes out i think in the pilot movie they're they're kind of stiff i guess is the way to put it and bucks all this you know kind of cool cat from from the late 70s and you know he he's kind of hip and all the ladies kind of love him and and you know he he's you know it's it's fun i mean there's there's just no denying that it's fun and to be in that situation uh, you know, he, 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 he's allowed to sort of jump in, you know, fighters and, and fight these bad guys and off and, and gets the girl many times in these episodes. He's, he's like, he's like Kirk. If Kirk was from our time and then thrown into the future, you know, it's pretty much, uh, it's just, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a boy's, uh, fantasy dream come true, <laughs> especially those of us who, who grew up wishing we'd, you know, lived in an area or in, in era, not, uh, not area in era, of being able to, you know, hop in a fighter plane and and or a, you know, a, a space fighter, I mean, and go off and fight the bad guys, and and this was a, a big response. You know, Buck Rogers had had big success in uh, movie serials back in the '30s with Buster Crab. I think that was who played Flash, or sorry, who played Buck. Also, not just Flash Gordon. I'll have to check on that at a pausing point, but don't hold me to that one. Uh, a little before my time, those were, although I've seen quite a few of them. But the, you know, the huge success of Star Wars a couple years before Buck Rogers came on the air was obviously a big push for and got us a lot more sci-fi and TV when Star Wars uh, took off. And especially that and, you know, when Star Trek started to make movies, these guys in Hollywood, you know, started to realize, hey, maybe this sci-fi stuff isn't just something that we should throw on late on Friday nights and that there's a good market and people will pay a lot of money for this. And still, I, I always maintain, if you look at some of the top series on TV over the years, some of the top movies, definitely in the movies, you know, the ones that have made huge amounts of money, tend to be genre-type genre, genre type shows and, and things, you know, sci-fi, comic book related and all that. So, you know, we, we still get a little bit to looked at like we're kind of weirdos and, and, and strange people sometimes, but, you know, they, they can say without us... <laughs> Sometimes I think we keep the movie industry going just on our own. You know, we just do it ourselves. So, but anyway, uh, there was a lot of uh, James Bond type tone to this series that I liked too. You know, he there was a lot of innuendo in the lines that Buck had. He would say certain things, and they would have double meanings or triple meanings. Yeah, and the people of the future, of course, didn't always get those meanings. You know, and it, it was again fun to watch. I can still remember seeing, like I said, the pilot film. That came out in March, uh, late March of 1979, and boy, that'll date me, huh? Uh, <laughs> ah, it's not, uh, it's not the years, it's the mileage. So, anyway, uh, let me find some Tweaky or some other Buck Rogers to play for you here. Booty, booty, something from the bar, sir. Hold the phone. Nothing for me, thanks. Booty, booty. What are you doing? We must settle a question. Settle a question? About a woman. 
Yes, what is a woman? Oh, well, now, just a minute. You claim to be a female. That's an impossibility. No female looks like you. Correction, no female looks as good as you. Certainly not our queen. She hasn't got buns. We must examine you. Examine? Oh, now, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Begin the off think. Off think. Off think. Well, we only got one candidate left. All this hardly seems to be her style. What do you mean, not her style? She's ruthless, arrogant, and power hungry. Yeah, but aside from all that, what's wrong with her? Yes. It will be much easier dealing with Earth once we do away with that stuffy Dr. Hewer and that detestable Colonel Deering. You are truly your father's daughter. Yes, that is correct. Wilma, isn't it? Yes, but I so hate to miss a good party. Have a ship stand by, Wilma, while I change into my flight gear. What do intergalactic warfare? Nice shot, Colonel. One-piece jumpsuits. That's not music to my ears. I guess not. Cheesy pickup lines. I've never met a 500-year-old man before. I've never met a genetically perfect woman before, either. And <clears throat> chest hair have in common. That's Rogers. Buck Rogers in the 25th century. I'd be glad to show you around, Will. Sunday at noon on Me Too. Right on. So you can uh, obviously get from uh, some of those uh, clips and, and their, that little promo there from a local TV, not a local to hear, but a TV station that, uh, you know, Buck Rogers, definitely tongue-in-cheek and, and just, just had fun with it. But to me, the show is, it doesn't hurt it. it. It fits pretty well. I mean, you could do a, certainly could do a serious Buck Rogers, and, and that might be good too, but... I wanted to make the point here and, and, and throughout today's podcast that just because something's kind of cheesy doesn't make it bad or wrong or, or not good to watch. Uh, another thing that I'm not going to talk too much about, but the that I wanted to mention is there are, uh, you know, those sci-fi, S-Y-F-Y, you know, Saturday night films that they do each week that are that are you know, intentionally, you know, schlocky and cheesy, like Mega Shark and, and those kinds of things. But you get a, you know, a bag of popcorn and you sit down and you watch it and they're they're pretty fun. I watched one actually last week uh, called Ferocious Planet. Uh, mo- mostly I watched it because uh, Joe Flanagan, who played on uh, uh, on Stargate Atlantis, was, was one of the uh, the actors on the, the this one. And he kind of played pretty much the same character he played on Atlantis. He was this military guy, and it was a, a story where there was a, this device that allowed them to travel to parallel Earths or dimensions, and it kind of accidentally goes off, and they a group of people end up getting transferred to sort of this 
prehistoric uh, alternate Earth. But anyway, the the point is is that this stuff is fun to watch and, and still as enjoyable as maybe something that's a very serious uh, type of thing that's out there to see something like the movie like The Source Code that was out to just a few weeks ago that I really enjoyed. I can enjoy Buck Rogers and that uh, just as well. So let's move on to uh, a, a different series from around the same era that I think had a lot of uh, cheesy moments in it too, and especially looking back on it now. There are those who believe that life here began out there, far across the universe, with tribes of humans who may have been the forefathers of the Egyptians, or the Toltecs, or the Mayans. Some believe that there may yet be brothers of man who even now fight to survive somewhere beyond the heavens. Yeah, of course, that's the opening uh, credits theme to uh, Battlestar Galactica from 1978. Now, this series certainly played it very straight. It was, uh, again, a big uh, series, big production, lots of money spent on it. And it was a big uh, follow-up or uh, response to, again, also Star Wars being such a major uh, mega success. There's a lot of, uh, and I've said this a few times uh, on the podcast, a lot of people, uh, especially if you didn't, uh, weren't around at the time or old enough at the time uh, when Star Wars hit in, in the spring, summer of 77, uh, people don't really understand, and, you know, Star Wars has been a big success over the years, but people don't quite maybe get a little bit of how how successful, and not just money, but just how much it it, it just sort of dominated the the entertainment world the movie world for for all that summer into the fall was re-released uh, a few times after that uh, lines in theaters lining up even though the movie had been out for you know weeks or months still people lining up to see it and there has really never been a, a movie that has come out since that had that that did something like that at the theaters i i see a lot of films i i go to things that you know pretty much every few weeks even things like titanic avatar other big successes that made a lot of money didn't invade the i i, I could call it you know the sort of world uh, consciousness that star wars did back then and 
because of that, everyone started to, you know, jump on the bandwagon and, and, you know, everyone's like, oh gosh, we need to, you know, have a sci-fi series where there's bad guys and good guys fighting it out. So Battlestar Galactica came along and had this huge premiere on ABC and, and just, uh, tried to sort of duplicate that success on the small screen and unfortunately only lasted. And I've talked about this series before, and we've done uh, not too long back, uh, there was with Jedi Jeff and Rick Moyer, did a look at Galactica 1980. So it's been covered many times, and of course we've talked about the, the updated Galactica. But this show, though, when you look back on it now, and even at the time, had sort of that Buck Rogers, you know, a little bit of an angle to it in certain moments. Some of the characters had some lines that were kind of uh, both intentionally and unintentionally funny. Starbuck on the show, played by Dirk Benedict on the original series, not Katie, uh, Katie, on the new Galactica. Sorry, sorry for that little pause there. But anyway, the uh, Dirk's character, Starbuck, in the original uh, series, he kind of had that Buck Rogers kind of style to him. He hit, smoked a cigar, was a ladies' man. You know, there was one episode where he had like two dates uh, at the same point in time. You know, he was running between two different rooms uh, for dinner with two different women. I, I mean, that kind of stuff, yeah, they don't do that on TV anymore. So let me see if I can uh, find on good old YouTube here a couple other clips to give you a little bit of a taste for some of that uh, cheesiness on the original Battlestar Galactica. You don't happen to have a room with a better view? This is sanitation ship right off our beam. Not exactly appetizing scenery. A sanitation ship? Where? It drifted back. Must be a first orbit cadet at the controls. Get me another room. Yes, sir. I quite understand. Follow me. Starbuck. These mushies are just heavenly. Oh, uh, no thanks. Too bad we can't have any fresh protein with them. Yep. I'll see what I can do. Just buzz the waiter. Oh, no, it's uh, too slow. I'll be back in a flash. Stick on my tail, Athena. I'm on him. Right behind you, Starbuck. My laser pump's jammed. I have to take him. I got him. I got him. I did it. You sure did. You got the Cylon. And me. What? Look, after blasting him, you cross my tail still firing. I'm dead. I'm sorry. You're sorry. All right, girls, I'll, uh, I'll explain it one more time. See? Captain Apollo, report to the bridge. Captain Apollo, report to the bridge. Run the next one through, Starbuck. Right. And uh, try not to get killed this time, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah, so there's some uh, some stuff from Galactica, the original Galactica, to give you a little feel for it. Uh, most of you listening probably have seen it, so you know what I'm talking about. But uh, you know, this again was a show that uh, was was tried to you know played it pretty pretty serious, but it was unintentionally funny, and it also I think probably is a little bit more funny now looking back on it. Sort of a a, a little uh, less uh, certainly less intense than the new Galactica, which is just. You know, a great series. Both both series good in their own way, uh, but this one just has some pretty funny moments in it as well. So, I uh, uh, another entry in the cheesy sci-fi, uh, 
you know, area. And, and, you know, keep in mind that everything can, you know, some of these shows have, you know, there are moments in certain episodes that are more cheesy than others. I mean, in in an example in the original Star Trek series in the third season that I've talked about uh, is Spock's brain, you know, talk about a uh, kind of a cheesy episode and, 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 you know, tried to play it serious or they did, but it, but it comes off as a little bit funny too, you know, Hey, let's pull Spock's brain out and, uh, brain and brain. What is brain? <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. There it is. Planet Druidium. Underneath the air shield, 10,000 years of fresh air. Let's get through that air shield. We will, sir. Once we kidnap the princess, we can force her father, King Roland, to give us the combination to the air shield thereby destroying planet Ruidia and saving planet Spaceball. Everybody got that? Spaceballs, the movie. Princess Vespa spaceship within range, sir. Good. What's going on? Either the 4th of July, or someone's trying to kill us. Now we will show her who is in charge of this galaxy. If you do not give me the combination to the air shield, Dr. Slotkin will give your daughter back her old nose. No! Only one man and his trusted companion can save planet Druidia from disaster. Okay, Eagle Five, coming in. Home Star. First, they must learn the secrets of Yoga. I am the keeper of a greater magic. The Force? No. The Schwartz. Avoid capture on a distant planet. Come up to comb the desert, you hear me? Comb the desert! Found anything yet? We ain't found... Battle the entire Spaceball Army. My hair! He shot my hair! and escape the clutches of Dark Helmet. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Abandon ship, proceed to escape pods. What the hell's the matter with this seatbelt? When does this happen in the movie? Give me balls! Spaceballs. The movie. Make a face at me under that thing. And may the be Yeah, that is the uh, trailer there to, uh, I think I've talked about this movie before also, but anyway, this is a trailer to Spaceballs, the Mel Brooks uh, campy send-up to Star Wars that came out in June of 1987. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. This one... Maybe not as so much cheesy as just intentional spoof of uh, the first Star Wars movie, definitely. Uh, it's a great cast in it. John Candy's in it, Rick Moranis, Bill Pullman, Daphne Zuniga, uh, Dick Van Patten, Joan Rivers. Uh, really lots of fun to see. Uh, only about an hour and a half long movie. Uh, it, uh, it really uh, wasn't a huge, huge hit when it was first out in the theaters, but, uh, you know, it's lived on, of course, in DVDs. 
since then. I don't know if this is out in Blu-ray. I'll have to check uh, in a moment about that. But anyway, Spaceballs, for all of us geeks, it, uh, definitely something you should see if you've never seen it before. Uh, so much fun and j- just a lot of cool, cool moments in it and, and definitely some cheesy stuff too. Hey, Rico, this is Darmok. I saw that you were doing an episode on cheesy sci-fi this week, so I thought I'd put my two cents in. What came to mind initially was a really bad TV show that I saw in the 80s called Auto Man with Desi Arnaz Jr. It was a really bad Tron ripoff that was rolled into a cop show. Um, and I just, I just, <laughs> I mean, I was into watching some bad shows, but that was one that was difficult to watch. Um, another, though, that I enjoyed in the 80s and found to be a guilty pleasure was The Phoenix with Judson Scott about Bennu, an Egyptian-themed alien who came down to Earth and was chased about. That was one of those kind of shows. Um, And then, uh, what were the other shows back then? Also, The Powers of Matthew Starr. That uh, That was kind of a difficult one to watch, although I, I went in and out of it, uh, watching it every once in a while. And of course, there were the 60s Irwin Allen shows that I dug as a, as a small child, as a kid, like Land of the Giants, The Time Tunnel, Lost in Space, that kind of thing. However, uh, I was on YouTube recently and um, got familiar with a show that I'd read about in Starlog, uh, but had never seen because I was living in Canada at the time. And it was Super Train, which seemed to be a really expensive flop, which was uh, one of those uh, shows that came out of the whole Fred Silverman era at NBC. Um, it was uh, <laughs> it was interesting to, to see um, the, the hoopla on the Today Show about that. And it was interesting, though, to watch them... Uh, building the uh, the miniatures and uh, looking at all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Anyway, that's my two cents on at least cheesy sci-fi television. Hopefully uh, these aren't any shows that, uh, that you'll be talking about today. But anyway, I've really been enjoying the podcast lately. Keep up the good work and rock on! Well, thanks very much, Darmok. Uh, great to hear from you. And uh, you mentioned some uh, really fun, cheesy shows, that's for sure. Uh, the Phoenix one, Auto Man. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. And, uh, you know, there's uh, there's definitely some series back then. Uh, there was that other one uh, with that guy that wore that, uh, the Mantis. That was the one. That was the one that was kind of uh, schlocky, too, I thought, uh, Lots, lots of good stuff back then uh, to see. Super Train, yeah, I, I only saw a couple episodes of that. I think I, it was a pretty, uh, pretty weird little show. It didn't last very long. I don't think it only lasted maybe about six, eight episodes, maybe something like that. I think, if I'm remembering correctly. But yeah, some good stuff. And and the old '60s shows, yeah, those those have a fondness in in my heart. There's definitely a lot of cheese 
in uh, Lost in Space, especially season three uh, of that series as well. That that series has got uh, <laughs> the cheese content went up dramatically in the last season of Lost in Space. Uh, the first couple of seasons, especially season one of Lost in Space, much more serious. But as uh, you know, Doctor Smith, Zachary Harris's character became uh, more uh, prominent in the show, and the robot and Will and all that, uh, a lot of things started to change that show over the years uh, into a, a, you know, more of a comedy than, than a serious sci-fi show. But thanks so much for your comments. Uh, here's another series that I, I think played it pretty straight but had a lot of cheesy moments as well and, and a favorite of mine uh, from the 80s or so. Oh, by the way, I did check Spaceballs is available on Blu-ray over at Amazon for only about 15 13 or $15, I forget what the price was, but it's it's pretty inexpensive, so I may have to add that to my Blu-ray uh, collection. So anyway, here's another series that I enjoyed a lot. I think this had a lot of comedy and fun moments in it about a, a school teacher who tried to be uh, a superhero. So listen to this opening theme song for that show. Of course, that is the excellent theme song uh, by Joey Scarborough uh, to The Greatest American Hero, which I've mentioned on the podcast a few times. I love this series. You know, it had uh, just a a sort of a genuine kind of sweetness to this series that that a lot of these other ones maybe uh, didn't go down that path. But the idea that this uh, just average school teacher gets this this alien costume outfit that allows him to basically do super things like a superhero like uh, Superman could, except he doesn't exactly know how to use it. He doesn't fly very well. He learns different little powers as the series goes on for its three seasons. It was on ABC. It ran from 81 to 83. Uh, And it is also all available now on a DVD set, uh, a couple different DVD sets. There's one that uh, comes with a few little goodies or collectibles and extras. On uh, you can see it on Amazon. It comes with uh, that little instruction book that he lost. 
and a little cape and, and stuff like that. There's also a full complete series DVD set on Amazon for the unbelievable price for the three seasons, 44 episodes, for only like $16, 15 something which is a, a great deal. This is a lot of fun, this show. And, you know, kind of cheesy uh, at times. The special effects weren't the greatest, but the the, the stars and the acting and, and, and their sincerity is what always appealed to me a lot about this show with William Catt, the late, great Robert Culp, who passed away just uh, just only about a year ago now, and Connie Selica, uh, Michael Pere, uh, Faye Grant. Uh, just, just a great show and, and a very... Uh, you know, a uh, very fun one, too, and uh, it's it's just uh, great to see this one uh, always, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I'm just going to cover, I think, one or two more. Uh, this one is from, uh, I think this one, yeah, was in the 70s, and I, I think you'll recognize this theme song to this show that they're sort of remaking and rebooting for next season, so listen to this. <laughs> never known before that man must be returned to his own country one of our young amazon girls will escort him to his country and then return to paradise island i have planned a tournament of athletic games by which i alone shall determine the strongest nimblest and most likely aspirant for the assignment Yeah, there's a little bit of the uh, 1975 uh, series, or it started in 75, ran to 79, actually. Uh, Wonder Woman, uh, that uh, that starred uh, Linda Carter as uh, Princess Diana, as Wonder Woman, who has to sort of go to the uh, to the real world, quote unquote, as his Amazon princess to take uh, Steve Rogers back there. Is it Steve Rogers? Is that right? What is that he said? Is that right? <laughs> anyway, uh, why am I? I'm thinking, isn't that Captain America's name? Is it also Steve Rogers on, uh, no, sorry, Steve Rogers. It's Steve Trevor on Wonder Woman. Yes, Steve Rogers uh, is uh, Captain America. Anyway, uh, Wonder Woman uh, was, was definitely a cheesy kind of schlocky TV show of that era. But Linda Carter is Wonder Woman. I mean, oh, my goodness. You know, that... Uh, <laughs> As, as, as our friend Brian of the show, Brian, uh, who is, uh, uh, w- would say if he was here, she was quite the tomato. 
you know, and uh, I, I really hope when they do this reboot next season that uh, is starring uh, this young actress, uh, Adrienne uh, Pilecki. I, I, I sure hope she does the little Wonder Woman, the patented kind of Wonder Woman twirl spin thing to uh, to become Wonder Woman from her alter egos. Uh, you know, I think that would be kind of cool to, to bring that into the present uh, and, and have that connection. I always wondered if Linda Carter got dizzy doing all those spins in each episode. I mean, there was usually like probably two or three at least, maybe more sometimes per episode that she'd have to spin around and her hair would come undone and then she'd end up in her Wonder Woman outfit. Uh, uh, just just a lot of fun and uh, a great old series to see. Uh, it was on ABC for the first season and then CBS for seasons two and three. There's one uh, last uh, series here that I wanted to mention, and this series uh, was was intentionally, completely, purposely uh, campy and funny, uh, but also had just a lot of cool stuff in it, too. I, I loved this series as a kid. I, I've mentioned it, I think, a few times in different podcasts over the, uh, you know, the years I've been doing the show, but it definitely has to get mentioned here, and I'm no, by no means covering everything that's cheesy out there in sci-fi or related to sci-fi or fantasy type uh, genre shows but this one I do want to say something about uh, from the 60s and here is the intro to this TV show recently sold any war surplus submarines and if so to whom salt and corrosion the infamous old enemies of the crime fighter here take my bat radio i looked it up this morning that class of missile receives on a wavelength of 164.1 i'd say the odds against it would make even the most reckless gambler cringe true i did think i'd spotted it out of the corner of my eye let's go Inconspicuously through the window. True, Robin. It was noble of that animal to hurl himself into the path of that final torpedo. He gave his life for ours. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Okay, couldn't uh, do this show without uh, mentioning the 60s Batman TV series. Some of those clips you just heard were from the Batman film. Uh, you know, one of the shames of things is that this series is still not out officially on DVD yet. It's it's crazy. It's it's really uh, and it's sad. I actually saw last year, last uh, August, uh, Burt Ward and Adam West were in Chicago at the Comic Con there that I was at, and they talked a little bit about that. You know, and they they mentioned how. You know, they thought it was for a while getting closer to being released, but there's so many just legal entanglements with all the guest stars, I guess, they did 
over the years uh, on the show, uh, it uh, it's just really, really hard for them so far to uh, to get it out officially. There's a lot of unofficial copies of it out there if you if you're so interested. Now, uh, you know this was an, a fun subject to, to do cheesy sci-fi, but you know some of this stuff is is intentionally comedic and and maybe campy. And uh, you know, to me, the real definition of cheesy shows would be things that are maybe not so intentional, uh, but I, it, it kind of all blends together for me. And there's, you know, comedy and everything to a degree, uh, some more so than others. But this is just a little smattering of stuff, mostly older stuff, older shows, of course. And the, the thing I always kind of wonder to myself is, it, will will there be any shows uh, these days that are being aired that maybe we think are fairly serious sci-fi shows that in uh, you know say twenty thirty years they'll look back and say man that was that was kind of campy and schlocky and 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 funny maybe unintentionally I I don't know we we don't seem to have shows like this anymore remember the old shows not so much sci fi but things like the Munsters Gilligan's Island the Adams Family those older shows from the sixties that they don't, they just don't make you know as you know the line goes they don't make them like that anymore and they really don't and and, and I miss that I I wish we'd have something kind of lighthearted like that on TV these days you know the, the world and and life can be uh, it can be even more difficult and more intense these days than maybe ever before for a lot of people and I I think you know I watch a lot of comedy type shows things like Modern Family which is excellent. Uh, and the middle is a lot of fun, and, and things like Thirty Rock, and, and Community. Those are all great shows, great comedies, and a lot of fun to watch. But they're, you know, they're not like these shows. They're they're not just this, not at all reality in them, and they're just kind of just goofy and funny. Uh, the uh, the the cl- the nearest one that I can remember actually from just a couple of years ago was a show called Better Off Ted that was that was pretty bizarre in, in, in its own way. And I, and that was a lot of fun and, and kind of campy and, and, and schlocky sometimes. But they just don't have shows like this, and I, I, I kind of wish we would get another show that's kind of just just goofy and fun like this to see in, each week on TV. So that's my take on it. I am going to take a, uh, a little break, a short, very short break, and then I'll be back uh, and wrap up today's podcast. You are listening to Ego Dusty on Treks and Sci-Fi. Okay, uh, just a few things I wanted to mention. One, I didn't, uh, surprisingly, I didn't get any entries for uh, that contest uh, for that uh, superhero uh, DVD set uh, that I announced on the end of last week's podcast. So I'm going to put up some kind of a little... Uh, contest to, to, to or a new version of that what I had asked last week on the show uh, on the forum on the Treks and Sci-Fi forum so look for that soon probably later today for the members there and if you want to join up join up on the forums uh, a couple other things uh, PayPal donations are always great for the show you can find links to that on the main website treksandsci-fi.com if you ever want to email me with suggestions comments anything like that uh, just go over and send an email out to treksf at gmail.com. Uh, audio comments are always welcome for whatever the subject is or a movie or a TV show that, that you may have seen. And uh, reviews on iTunes, iTunes reviews are uh, are always great to get to. Uh, next, coming up on the podcast, next week I'm going to be looking at the Voyager episode uh, called Collective. And then in two weeks, I'm going to do a video cast uh, previewing some of the summer movies. And there's a lot of them coming this summer, a lot of big movies 
coming out uh, soon at a theater near you, as they say. So hope everyone's enjoyed this uh, quick, brief look at uh, cheesy sci-fi and fantasy shows and, and things that are just fun to watch. And now I'm going to go over and uh, maybe watch an episode of the old Batman series, uh, if I can find one online somewhere. <laughs> Since they're not out on DVD yet, come on, guys, figure it out, you know? You can make money off this. Just everyone get a, you know, get a few cents for each uh, for each episode or each uh, DVD set sold. You know, you can work it out, right? Uh, but uh, anyway, again, thanks, uh, thanks uh, everyone for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week. And to round out today's show, uh, Rick Moyer has created a new original song related to the subject today, cheesy sci-fi, and he's got a few comments ahead of that, and I'm going to play that to end today's podcast. So thanks so much for that, Rick. I appreciate it always uh, what you do for the show. Uh, if anyone wants to hear Rick's parody songs, just go over to Star Trek parodies.com uh, he's also got that great podcast take him with you and uh, just everything uh, rick is getting more and more involved in all kinds of cool things so check out his sites when you get a chance and again everyone take care i will talk to you again next week bye bye hey rico this is rick moyer moyer 777 from the forums clear from aberdeen washington on the west coast of the united states of america and uh I'm excited because you're covering cheesy sci-fi, and you know me. I love a little cheese. That's my keyboard. Isn't that fun? Well, anyway, I put these sounds into my, well, let's just say my love for cheesy sci-fi. You know, I like the, the first season of The Next Generation Star Trek. Obviously, you know, everybody knows that, that listens to this podcast on a regular basis. I like the campiness of Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Um, yeah, I, I just like the cheesier, the kind of cooler it is to me, and I don't know why. Don't ask me. I, I don't understand. I just like it. Maybe because I grew up with it and I, I loved it. So I wrote a song that's, uh, well, inspired by your subject today, Rico. Uh, it's called, how appropriately, Cheesy sci-fi. And here it is on the Trex and Sci-Fi Podcast. Thanks, everybody.